prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we uh, just appreciate all that you do for us. Lord, we ask that your presence would be in our presence this, this evening. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and uh, give us from your, something from your word tonight. We do thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening. Let's uh, get our hymnals. Turn to page 173. Page 173. Turn page uh, 363. 363. Ah, that's Calvary.
saw me in the sinus. Oh, how he loves you. Well, I do appreciate you being here this evening. I do want to uh, remind you, of course, of this weekend, this Friday, we're going to have our Good Friday service. Hopefully we have a good number out uh, if you're able to be here. And uh, that will be 7 o'clock this coming Friday and be celebrating uh, Good Friday. And uh, looking forward to um, doing that with two other like-faith churches. And so uh, hopefully you'll be able to come out this coming Friday. All right. Well, I'm excited about uh, starting this new series. I, I've been praying about what the Lord would have us to bring uh, for some time now. And uh, I was between a couple different books uh, in the Bible. And uh, um, 
Lord just really cleared my, my thoughts on uh, going through the books of the Bible. And uh, so on Wednesday nights, that's where we're going to be. Uh, we're just going to do a Bible study. And uh, that's what they used to do back in, uh, you know, years ago, that Wednesday night prayer service and Bible study. And so uh, that's what we're going to get back to. And uh, we're going to start in the beginning. Uh, Genesis uh, is where we're going to be at. We're going to go through the book of Genesis and then just continue on. And uh, I've been looking through uh, some of J. Vernon McGee's stuff and some of uh, Wearsby's. And uh, uh, I, I mean, I've done, had a lot of commentaries that I've been looking through. And uh, uh, so I appreciate the help there. But the greatest help is the Holy Spirit how he illuminates our minds and our hearts if we would just allow him to. So I do appreciate you being here. The Bible says there in Genesis 1-1 is where we're going to be at tonight. Now, every week, just so you're not scared, this uh, it's not going to be uh, one verse each week. Uh, we're going to go through a few verses. Uh, some verses I'll, I'll park on for a little bit, and then some verses we'll just kind of go over. And uh, But uh, looking at uh, exciting uh, times here in the book of Genesis. I love the book of Genesis. Uh, the book of Genesis uh, has a lot of stories. It's a, it's a uh, book of beginnings and um, almost everything began in the book of Genesis. The Bible says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis again is a wonderful book in which we see the beginning of many things, and I said that uh, very carefully. Although it is placed in the, as the first book of the Bible, it was not the beginning of everything. Okay, What happened before God uh, spoke the world into existence? Well, we, we're going to see some things about that uh, this evening. Again, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity once again to uh, break open the bread of life and just to feast from the, the manna. Lord, pray that you would just illuminate our minds, help us to understand what we've read and uh, what we hear tonight. Lord, apply it to our hearts and lives. Lord, we do thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to notice a few things this evening. Uh, what happened before God spoke the world into existence. Well, there's a few things I want you to notice. Number one, we need to understand that God is perpetual. Okay, He's eternal. He has no beginning and no end. Uh, that's hard for our, our finite minds to comprehend that uh, there was no beginning with God and there's no end with God. He always was and He always is and He always will be. That's hard for us to understand. Uh, Moses said this in, in Psalm 90, verse 2. He says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. It's hard for us to comprehend that God is eternal, but number two, also I see that God is plural. Um, we need to understand that he's plural. The Bible says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. The word for God here in the Hebrew is Elohim, okay, uh, which is, it's in a plural form. Now, in the English plural, uh, whenever we say that, uh, do we have any grammar majors out there? My wife, uh, anybody else? Uh, well, I could be lying to you, but I'm not going to. Uh, the, in plural form in, in uh, English, it's two or more. But in Hebrew, it stands for three or more. 
And so you say, well, why is that interesting? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's good stuff right there. It's in plural form. And, uh, and uh, he is a triune God. And he exists in three persons. Uh, this doesn't mean that he manifests himself in three different forms. Uh, or that he is three gods. It means that one God exists in three persons who are equal in their attributes and yet individual and distinct in their offices and ministries. The emphasis in the Old Testament, we need to understand this, was on one true God. That's what Moses tried to uh, tell uh, the, the Israelites, but they were guilty of following, uh, following after faulty gods or false gods and uh, the gods of their neighbors. Many times you read through the book of Genesis and you'll notice, and throughout the scriptures really, you'll no notice the Israelites would go to the pagan gods and they would follow after them. But God, uh, Moses is here used in, as, as one true God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Even today, you'll find faithful Jewish worshipers recite that verse every day uh, to remind them that there's only one true God, and uh, there's no room to worship more than Him. The Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 5, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So I want you to notice some things that are happening here that uh, he is perpetual, he's eternal, he's also plural, but also I want you to notice that God had a plan. He had a plan. You need to understand this. The, the wonderful plan of redemption was not an afterthought. Okay, sometimes we have this idea that it was an afterthought. When Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord, do you think God knew that was going to happen? Yes, he did. Absolutely, he knew it was going to happen. God did not wring his hands. He, didn't, he wasn't wringing his hands thinking, oh, what do I do now? What, what am I supposed to do? I, I have no clue. That was not God. He knew before the foundations of the world that man would sin. And he knew that there would had to be a perfect sacrifice. That's why you read through the Old Testament and you see the, the picture, uh, uh, all the things that are picturing uh, of the coming Messiah, that's picturing uh, Jesus Christ coming to the earth and dying for sinful man. And all the sacrifices in the Old Testament, we'll get to sometime, uh, it, it pictures the perfect sacrifice was to come. You see, he knew before the foundations of the world there had to be a perfect sacrifice to atone for the sin of man. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior as we are about to celebrate this coming Sunday was not an accident. When Jesus came to this earth, it wasn't an accident that he died. He did that willingly and it was part of God's plan before the foundations of the world. Now, notice this in 1 Peter 1.19, it says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Not only was he perpetual and he was plural, he had a plan, but also, I want you to notice, he punished. 
We need to understand that God punished Lucifer, uh, Satan as we know him, uh, and one-third of the angels uh, fell from heaven because of pride and deception. The Bible says in Isaiah 14, 12, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon a, also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now we have an idea that God didn't just happen. God always was. He's perpetual. He, he, he's eternal. He's plural. He had a plan. He punished. And tonight where we're going to focus most of our time is that he's powerful. He's powerful. We need to understand God is powerful. You know, the Bible says here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In order to create things, did you know there, for someone to create things, there's no more creating happening? Because creating something is to create something is to come from nothing. I mean, he created it from nothing. This, everything uh, that this world has now, you say, well, what about this church? This building was, was created. No, it was made, but it wasn't created. Why? Because we had the materials to work with. God didn't have any materials. He spoke it into existence. That's how powerful of a God we serve. You see, some people call the President of the United States the most powerful leader in the world. But more than one of the presidents, ex-presidents, would disagree with this statement. Some ex-presidents have confessed that their executive orders that they've signed and that they've, they've said were, weren't always obeyed. And there wasn't much they could do about it. Presidents may speak and sign orders, uh, but there is no guarantee that'll happen. But can I tell you something? When God speaks, it's going to happen. When God speaks, things are going to happen. He spoke and it was done. The Bible says in Psalm 33 verse 9, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. When God speaks, there's power behind his words. You see, when we consider the commands in Genesis, Genesis 1 and how it stood fast, we, we, could, we can't help but bow down in adoration and, and at the power of his words. You see, his creative acts reveals the, God's power and his wisdom who, whose words carry authority. You see, with his word, I want you to notice he creates. Look there in verse 1 and 2. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This refers to... Uh, to when God created the universe into existence out of nothingness. Now, can you understand that? I can't understand it. It wasn't, uh, some people, they say they believe in the Big Bang Theory, that there was two, I, I, I totally understand it. Some of you guys that have studied science uh, would better understand it, but they say these two 
forms. They, they collided and created everything that is. I don't understand all that, but I can tell you that isn't what happened. What happened was God spoke it into existence. That's because we serve an almighty, powerful God. 32 times in this chapter, you'll notice this creator God is called Elohim. Uh, or Elohim. Uh, the emphasis is on his power and his majesty. Elohim reveals his his great power that he has by creating everything from nothing. By merely speaking the words God created. You see, the Bible says, uh, teaches us matter is not eternal. It began when God spoke everything into existence. In Ephesians 3.9 it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Everything was created by him. The scriptures doesn't tell us why he chose to start with uh, his creative work with a chaotic mass that was dark and empty. But I believe this. I believe that he still does it today in the life of one who trusts in the Lord. You see, he created in us a new life that once was a chaotic mess. And it was dark and it was empty. But now he has brought life into us. You see, ancient traditions, you know, have tried to explain the origin of God and the universe and, and human, humankind with mythological uh, gods and monsters who battled in the to bring the universe about. That's what they, uh, if you study anything about, that's what a lot of these ancient traditions are. But Genesis presents us with one God, Elohim, who alone created all things and still controls all things today. If the Israelites would have just paid attention to what Moses wrote, they would have worshipped, they, they would not have worshipped the idols and the false gods and the, the gods of their neighbors. But not only does he create, but I also believe that he customs. There's a pattern to God's activity. And during the creative week, as what many call it, he customs things or he he forms things, and then uh, during later on in the uh, last three days, you'll see that he fills things or he, he uh, crams things in is what I like to call it. He made three spears, and the heavens, the land masses, and the waters. Then he crams them with appropriate forms of life. Look there in verse 3, and we're going to see day 1. There in verse 3 it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and then the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. God commanded the light to shine and then separated the light from the darkness. But how, have you ever wondered this, how was it their light when the light bearers were not created until day four? You ever thought about that? Brother Greg, you ever thought about that? I didn't think about it until I was studying this out. I just thought that he was talking about the sun, moon, and stars. That's not what he's talking about. How can there be light 
when the sun and the moon and the stars, they weren't there until day four. The light came from God himself. John 1, 5 says this, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness, darkness comprehended it not. Just think, when we get to heaven, there's no, uh, there's no light source outside of our eternal light, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no darkness. It'll always be day, if you will. The Bible says in Revelation 22, 5, it says, And there shall be no night there, and no need, uh, no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. However, life as we know it today needs sunlight. The plants, animals, we, we need sunlight. Just as in the life of a Christian, we need the sunlight. We need God's sun to light our lives. You see, without the sun, we cannot exist. You see, Paul saw how God uses this act in the life of a new convert. There in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, he says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. John said this in John 1, 4, In whom was life... And the life was the light of men. In the scriptures, when you think of light, it's associated with a few different things. Number one, it's associated with Jesus Christ. In John 8, 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. But also, not only does it uh, mention or speak about Jesus Christ, also the Word of God is mentioned as light. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It also refers to God's people as being light. There in Matthew 5, 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But it also refers to God's blessings. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now when we associate light, it's with Christ, it's with the Word of God, it's with God's people, it's with God's blessings. But what about darkness? What does it refer to? Well, it refers to Satan. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But also it refers to sin. Dark refers to sin. Matthew 6.22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If there, therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if the eye, thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So we see it refers to sin and we see it refers to Satan, but also we see it refers to death. 
In Job 3, 4, it says, Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither the, let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Also, it refers to spiritual ignorance. John 1.5 says, The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. But then also, the final thing here is it refers to divine judgment. Matthew 8.12 says, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This explains why God separates light from darkness. You see, because the two have nothing in common. How can they walk together except they be agreed? You see, God's people are commanded to be walk in the light for what communion has light with darkness, the Bible says. God's people are to walk in the light from the very first day. Now, I want you to get this. From the very first day that God created, the, notice this, He established the doctrine of separation. The doctrine of separation. Not only did he separate the light from darkness and the night from day, he also separated the waters from the waters and from the waters beneath to the, uh, and the lands from the waters. See, God used Moses to tell the Israelites to remain separated from the nations, from the pagan nations. He wanted to teach them, hey, stay away, be separate, be ye separate. Be ye holy, for I am holy. And God is telling that to Christians today. We're to not dwell with uh, the darkness. See, God's people today need to be careful with their walk and not be defiled by the, the world. Psalms 1.1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Romans 12.1 says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. What's he saying? He's saying be separate. Ever since the beginning, the first day that we know of, God established this doctrine of separation. Come out from among them and be ye separate. The Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's just day one. Day two, the Bible says there in verse six, notice it says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let the divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament, from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. God divided the waters from the waters, which is what we know as the heavens or the sky. You see, it seems that these waters were vapor, vapor uh, blankets, if you will, that covered the creative mass. 
When separated from the landmass, the lower waters became the oceans and the seas, and the upper waters played a part in the worldwide flood back in Noah's day. That was day two. Day three. Day three. Let's turn to look at verse nine. It says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth, and, he, and the gathering together the waters called the seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed, and the fruit of the tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herbs yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. God gathered the waters and caused the dry land to appear, thus making the earth and the seas. See, Israel's pagan neighbors believed all kind of myths about the heavens, the earth, and the seas. They had, they had the sun god, and they had the frog gods, and they had all these different gods. But again, Moses makes it very clear that Elohim, the one true God, was Lord over all. God said, notice this, God said it was good. It was good. Romans 8.20 says, For the Creator was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the Creator itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Even though the earth travaileth and is ravaged by sin because of sin, and sinful people, it's still good. What God has created is good. Now man and sin have polluted the earth, and that's the reason why we have what we have, but God said it was good. God caused the plant life to appear on the earth, the grass, the seeds, the, uh, the fruits, and the fruit-bearing trees. Each would reproduce after its own kind. God has set reproductive limits on plants and animals because He's the Lord of creation. God created all this. Now let me, let me share with you something. There is no evidence, no suggestions at all of evolution. There's no evidence at all of all out of evolution. God was preparing the earth for the inhabitants of human, humans and animals. And the plants would help provide for their food. You see, God said once and again, it is good. Then after day three, God begins to crammer. He begins to fill the earth. God has now created the lands, the seas, and the heavens. Next week, we're going to look what God's going to do and how he fills these spaces with the fish of the, 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 the sea, the fowls of the air, and with humans. And that's what we're looking for to next week. As we come to this conclusion, I just want you to think about, think about this, how powerful a God we serve. 
You know, he didn't just appear on earth. God always was. He always will be. He is a powerful God. As we bow our heads in time of prayer, I hope that you can take something from this study tonight and realize that we serve an eternal God. A God that is plural. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That God had a plan. It didn't just happen by circumstances or situations that came up. But God had a plan. God is powerful. We serve a powerful God. I just want you to think about just with His words, just with the power of His words, God made things happen. That's the God we serve. As we bow our heads, let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for illuminating our minds and for helping us to understand the Scriptures. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would continue helping us with this study. And Lord, that we would get something from your Word and just be encouraged. Lord, I pray that you would be with the folks that are here tonight and speak to their hearts and Help them to be encouraged and to uh, get excited about uh, the book of Genesis. And Lord, just get excited about your word. Lord, I do thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. An invitation time. And you just want to, maybe you want to come and thank the Lord for his power. I don't know what, how the Lord spoke to you tonight, but. Virginia asked to pray for, I believe it was her grandson, Matthew Spears. Uh, he had the flu about a month ago, and it's turned to pneumonia. And so he's been struggling with this for some time. would ask that you would pray for Matthew Spears. Matthew Spears. Also pray for Brother Kirk. He's not feeling very well tonight. said that he's uh, been uh, battling with sickness. Also Brother uh, Brother Phil's not feeling the greatest either, so pray for these that have not been feeling the, so good. And uh, maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. Of course, pray for our Good Friday service that uh, Lord will use that. Uh, maybe invite someone to come out. And then uh, also Easter Resurrection Sunday and uh, pray for the services there. And uh, ask the Lord. Uh, sometimes this is this is the only time that some people come to church is on Resurrection Sunday. So pray the Lord will give us some visitors, and there'll be some souls saved and lives changed. Um, someone else? Any? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you again for this opportunity to lift our petitions to you. Lord, I ask that you would. Hear these prayers according to your will and answer them. Lord, we ask that, uh, Lord, that you'd be with Brother Phil and Brother 
uh, Kirk as they're not been feeling the greatest and just battling sickness that's going around and for others that are uh, battling it as well. Lord, I do think of uh, Matthew as Spears as he's uh, in pneumonia now, has pneumonia now. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, touch him and uh, Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, raise him up as well. Lord, I do ask that you be with our Good Friday service. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, be with Brother Wes as he preaches. Lord, be with uh, Brother Burt's church as they uh, lead the music. And Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that you would be glorified in all that's said and done there. Lord, as we look forward to Resurrection Sunday, Lord, as we come for their sunrise service and our uh, morning worship service, Lord, I ask that you would speak to hearts as only you can. Lord, I pray that you would bring us folks that would uh, need to hear the gospel. And Lord, that you would speak to them as only you can. And Lord, that you would do a work in their lives, Lord, that they... Uh, uh, would see their need for salvation and be saved. Lord, not for our glory, not for us to put uh, notches on our belt, but, Lord, that we would just uh, be about your business or where we we have nothing to do with it. And, Lord, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that comes from it. Lord, again, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me give you just a few announcements. If you do have an offering, you can just place it in the plate tonight. Um, do want to remind you, of course, this Friday, 7 o'clock is our Good Friday service. And then sat Sunday uh, at 7.30, we'll have a sunrise service. And then after our sunrise service, we're going to have a pitch-in uh, breakfast. And uh, looking forward to that. And then after that, I believe we'll have time for Sunday school and then our morning worship service. And then on Saturday, April the 7th, is our prayer breakfast, and invite everyone to come out for that. And then Friday and Saturday, April 27th and 28th, is our couples retreat, and uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the back table. Hope that you've signed up for that. Uh, we still have, may have some rooms available if you are interested in going. Uh, just let us know as soon as possible. Um, and then also, I believe it's May the 7th, May the 7th, there's a sign-up sheet for our ladies' banquet. And uh, this year, uh, the theme is under construction. And uh, so I want to invite all the ladies, uh, whether you have a daughter or a mom alive, uh, we want you to be here, okay? This is a that's why we call it ladies' banquet instead of a mother-daughter banquet, because uh, some have uh, sons, but they don't have daughters or uh, whatever. And so we, we want you to come uh, to our ladies' banquet and uh, um, I know the, the speaker this year is uh, uh, going to be a real encouragement to you. And uh, my wife prayed about who to have, and it's one of her good friends. And uh, so she's going to be here speaking. And so you pray for our uh, upcoming ladies' banquet, and I know that it will bless you. All right, I think that's all the announcements that I have uh, for this evening. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Any announce other announcements? Is um, Roach still having their thing on Saturday? I have it wrote down. Okay, I won't announce it then. All right. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Brother Greg, sir, would you please close us?
Father, we pray that you'll with us for granted sake and fullness. We pray in Jesus' name.